So in the business world, everybody, we're all talking about offices. You know, what's going to happen? Are we going back to the office full-time, part-time, never at all? And what's going on in the high street? Is anyone going to shops anymore? Are they going to get used to going back to shops? And what about those businesses that have thrived during lockdown? You know, the people who are working from home with, you know, using their garage to sell all their goods from, and now they're expanding at a great rate of knots. What's, so what's going on in the commercial property world right now? Well, that's you're going to find out in today's episode. Welcome, everybody. This is episode 181 of the Better Presentations, More Sales podcast. My name is Trevor Lee, and I really hope you enjoy this episode, which is going to be all about commercial property and the state of the market. I've got a great expert I'm going to introduce in a second. But just to remind you that if you are new to the show, then you can access all previous episodes on your podcast app. And if you're a regular listener, then don't forget, it'd be great if you could leave a review or share this or comment on it on LinkedIn. That would be absolutely fantastic. Right, let's get on with today's show. And, um, you know, we're talking about, as I said in the interim, about commercial property about offices, about retail, about industrial units. What's going on right now? Well, I've got Tom Smith with me. Now, Tom is the head of commercial agency at Miller Commercial. Miller Commercial are commercial property agents based in the southwest in the UK. And Tom is going to share with you some really great insights. So if you're a business owner and you're thinking, right, which way do I go with all this? I think you're going to really appreciate what Tom's got to share with you. And Right at the end of the interview, Tom is also going to share with you some questions that he thinks you should ask if you're planning to, you know, take out new premises or hire a new unit or anything like that. So he's got a couple of thoughts on that, which you'll benefit from as well. So without further ado, let's go and meet Tom Smith. So, Tom, great to have you on the show. Uh, How about just giving our listeners a little bit about you and what you're all about? Thanks, Trevor. Uh, well, um, I head up the commercial agency team here in Miller Commercial, uh, which I've been doing now for gosh, the, the last uh, the last six years or so. Um, and uh, yeah, we've just come off the back of an incredibly incredibly busy uh, twelve months, to be honest with you. And uh, yeah, we're still we're still trying to play catch up in some ways, and uh, following on from all the work that we've uh, that we've had to build up over the last uh, the last six twelve months. Wow. So you're clearly, you know, I can see from your background that you're in the office um, and you say you've had an incredibly busy 12 months. But um, I, I guess a lot of, you know, a lot of people listening to this podcast today will be uh, still not in their office, maybe, or maybe just wandering back to their office. So you're an office expert, Tom. So what, where's, where's the future of the office going? Are we, are we all going to be uh, drifting back bit by bit or are we not? Or what's going on? Well, it seems to me that there's a real, there's a real desire, a real move to get back to the office. But it's been a 12, 18 months like, like no one's ever known before, that no one's ever had to go through. Uh, we've all had to experience things in, in very different ways. But there is certainly now that desire, I think, both for employers, but also I think mainly from employees to get back to that environment that they were working in before, where they're working with their colleagues, they have access to their immediate face-to-face access with their, with their line managers. Um, there are other colleagues to share ideas, to learn off each other and to develop. And uh, yeah, we've seen a real uptake over, especially in the last six months, of both small businesses, but then larger businesses as well, getting back to the office, uh, starting afresh, turning over a new leaf uh, to, to move forward. 
Well, that's, yeah, that's really interesting because I imagine that, uh, you know, a lot of people will think that, you know, we've got used to being not in the office, so we've kind of continued on with that. But a lot of things there, you're saying that that kind of, you know, mixing with colleagues, missing out on the team and that, and that businesses are now looking to acquire office space to make that happen. Absolutely. And if, if, it's, not t- if it's not acquiring new space, then it's remodeling the space they've got to make it work. I think employers are now are wise to the idea that employees want something more from from their office, uh, from their employers. So they are, employers are listening to this. The, the businesses that are out there that we're dealing with are listening to this. Landlords, I think, are listening to this as well. Creating safe environments for people to be able to have the confidence to work in the knowledge that they, they do have. And uh, yeah, it, it, it's, it's growing up some interesting uh, interesting ideas from some of our, our landlord clients out there, but also interesting conversations with, with some of the tenant customers that we deal with as well. And you say about stimulating environments. So um, I think you hinted there that maybe um, if people have had a you know traditional office, that they're having to do a bit of work on that office, so that when people do return to it, it's uh, well, it is a bit more of a stimulating space than they may have had before. Is that is that what you're suggesting? Absolutely, absolutely, that's what I'm suggesting. But I think the the concept that an office is somewhere where you space yourself or eight, nine, ten hours of the day, and you don't do much more than base yourself at the office. I think that, that, that's gone now. So it's just creating this idea. This, uh, and, it, you know, the, the, the fruit of this was already, or the seed of this indeed, were, were already there prior to COVID, which is making the office a much more stimulating, exciting, fruitful environment for to get the maximum out of the staff. And I think those concepts that were there, even pre-COVID, are really now developing into making offices much more creative working spaces than, than maybe they once were. I guess the challenge there for for, pe- for employers is that there's no doubt that, you know, you read stuff in the media, don't you, about some people saying, well, we don't want to go back to the office or we don't want to go back full time. So it sounds like there's that, 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 you know, that negotiation to go on to a certain degree, but the stimulus being, hey, look what we've done to the office. I think that's, I think that's true. Um, I think that's true. And again, I think it is also, I don't want to, to over, over egg situation here and say that no, that's it the, the idea of remote working is finished it's certainly not you know aren't we all lucky now that the technology is out there to be able to to work remotely and i think there is now this in some ways it's a negotiation in other ways it's a cooperation between employers and employees about how they want to work going forwards with the maybe the idea that yes there is a certain amount of time dedicated to being with a team being in an office, and then a certain amount of time, which is yeah, that's more flexible for uh, for workers to do what they want. And of course, it differs in different environments. And I'm certain there are some sectors of the industry, some sectors of the office market, where it actually it works perfectly well for people to work from home. However, I think it's even that case for people working from home, where the, the challenge has been for them, the difficulty has been where not, you know, houses are not necessarily set up to be good working environments. You've got to have the right connectivity. You've got to have the right IT infrastructure there. Uh, and this is where we're also seeing some demand from individuals looking for an office that is that that is away from home. Yes, they may not be working in their main office, be that one of the big urban areas around the country or wherever that might be, but now looking for yeah, those, those offices which are set up specifically for office workers to be able to do their own thing in an environment which is not in the main office, but is also not, not just at home with the limitations that that can bring. Now, you're, you're um, based in the southwest of the UK, Tom, and a beautiful part of the world. And um, I'm sure that some of our listeners will probably be familiar with where London is and not necessarily where the southwest of the UK is. So 
Have you noticed at all, you know, inquiries from people who, you know, had London offices looking to set up regional offices as well, or maybe instead of, so that they're, they're you know, because my understanding is there's a lot of people have thought about moving to places like the southwest in the UK, so they get that kind of better balance of lifestyle. But is the, is the office going with them, I suppose, is the question. I, I think time will still tell on that one. We, we certainly have seen a lot of inquiries from uh, people that have moved away from the big urban areas, they're looking for more space around them, they are looking for that uh, possibly a slightly more wholesome uh, way of life, space to stretch their eyes as much as anything. And yes, with that has come some demand for, for office space. But I think actually, if you speak to our, our residential cousins, they will tell you that actually it's a, it's a key requirement for, for people that are moving down to more rural parts of the country. And that's not just down here in the southwest, that's up to the north and East Coast as well, uh, that's uh, looking to buy houses that, that give them that ability to be able to do some work from home and some work from their from their main office if they are still connected to one of the main urban areas like London, Birmingham, Bristol, maybe where yeah they still have their ties, they still have their employment base there, but wanting to wanting to work from from wherever they wherever they actually live. Now, uh, Tom, of course, you know, one of the things that, you know, is right at the forefront of commercial property, and I know you're right in the middle of this as well, of course, is um, is not just the office situation, but um, the future of the high street, which, of course, was already under question, wasn't it, before COVID arrived? So um, where, where's that at the moment, Tom? Because, you know, I'm sure there are people okay. listening to this podcast who are thinking, oh, shall I, shall I invest in a retail shop or shall I just continue to try and do everything online? You know, is there, is there, any, op- is there any point in having a retail outlet anymore? Okay, where are we, where are we with, with retail? Retail is, a real, retail is a fascinating part of the market right now. Uh, yes, the signs were there pre-COVID, especially here in the UK. We have a very sophisticated um, online um, shopping market, the, the logistics market is incredibly well set up. So yes, the signs of more and more shopping going online were, were there pre-COVID. And there's been many casualties on the high street over the last three, four years anyway. COVID, yes, that certainly accelerated that problem. And uh, you know we've seen many more closures um, on the high street since then. However, there is definitely a trend that we're seeing to the more discernible, the more conscientious shopper going back to the high street, again, we're looking for that experience. It's only so fulfilling buying something online. And you know, we are seeing huge take up in our secondary retail units. These are the smaller ones. These are the, the, in the possibly the, the more uh, provincial towns, the smaller towns around, not even just the main shopping centers themselves, but it's where the small units are, where traders really do see an opportunity now that they can, they can do something on the high street in units that Maybe the prices drop to a certain level now where they can see them actually making a living out of a shop, uh, whereas before the, the costs were too prohibitive, too risky to enter into. But we're seeing now, yes, yeah, a lot of numbers of our shops. It's across the sector. I mean, coffee and food, absolutely. That's a, that's a big sector that everybody seems to be really jumping on. But also we are seeing clothing as well, a bit more niche boutique style clothing or selling some form of alternative lifestyle uh, shops as well. Uh, a lot of those are, are cropping up um, in the in the small sections, but really it is it's in the where the shops are priced at the level that we're seeing take up has returned in a, in a very strong way. The, the challenge is going to be, I think, longer term, is for the big units on the high street where they are sitting empty. And yes, there is there is a challenge there because the, the bigger traders, the national traders at the minute, are a little subdued in their desire for, for more take up. 
Do you think those big units will get divvied up into smaller units? Yeah, conceivably. Conceivably, and I think that is a very uh, region by region. The the local demographics, the local markets will probably dictate what happens there to some of those bigger units. But uh, yes, certainly I can see that that happening. Of course, there's a cost involved there, but you know I can I certainly you know, we're already seeing evidence of it in a, in a number of towns around the country, not just down here uh, in this region. And yeah, it's the, I suppose on the, the larger scale, yeah, those are the question marks there. And it's trying to find possibly an alternative use to those shops. It doesn't rely necessarily on the, the local the small trader, whether there is another leisure use for them, you know, another alternative use. And the, the planning system changed here in the UK back in September to widen the use of retail premises. They're not just restricted to traditional retailing. There are any other number of businesses, business uses that could be used for some of these uh, some of these high street units. And I think we will see more of that happening, diversified uses for the, uh, for the retail so are you, are you saying that, you know, town centres with a bit of imagination and a bit of, you know, forward kind of innovative thinking that there is a strong future for them? I think so. Yeah, absolutely. There is a, there's a really bright future out there. And certainly we, we have seen demand for, for some of the, the local towns in my region. Well, we've seen more demand in the last six months than we've probably seen in the last three years. And so from that sense, yes, there is a really bright future. I think it is attracting now a more diverse range of traders looking for it, not all looking to sell the same kind of product, which typically over the last you know, the last decade has been cheaper and cheaper clothing. It's now looking to sell sort of a wider range of, of products down there. So yes, I think it, it is a bright future. It is going to take imagination. It's going to take some fairly bold steps by uh, landlords and developers when they're actually creating or you know, working with their assets to, to provide units that are legible. But certainly from the from the demand side, from the occupier side, it's a, you know, it, it's a really interesting time. Now, one of the things you said to me before we started the recording was that you'd noticed during the, you know, during the last 18 months that a lot of people had kind of set up their own business or their business that they were, you know, working, you know, they were working from home, you know, selling stuff online particularly, but you know, a lot of businesses have grown actually during this time or started and that you'd seen a, a big demand for industrial units for people to get out their garage and get out their house and have a proper place to do their business from. And is that still happening? Yeah, certainly. It's, it's uh, again, I you know, direct a lot of this you know, specifically towards what's happened over over the last 18 months where cottage industries, as they were, have, have turned into genuinely viable businesses. Again, I've mentioned earlier, sort of there's a very sophisticated logistics market here that you can be based anywhere in the UK, whether that's northern parts of Scotland down to the very far reaches of the southwest, and you can get something on a delivery lorry within a matter of hours, and it can be sent to the other side of the country within 24 hours. And, you know, the the window of opportunity there for for traders is is huge. And it's, uh, again, fueled by so much the social media, Instagrams, etc., where it's just, you know, it's very image-focused, and people want to get into into hobbies that they've maybe forgotten about, they haven't had time to do before, and the increased amount of time that people have had on their own or with their immediate families over the past eighteen months has really yeah fueled that demand for, for, for yeah hobby hobby culture, <laughs> uh, which is which is growing again. I know you're finding that there's that demand is still you know. Carrying on now, we're coming towards the end of, you know, in the UK, the furlough scheme is coming up for the end soon and all this sort of stuff. So now you need more units, really, to, to because you've got more customers than you've got units. That's our problem at the moment. Uh, and if you can imagine that it might take you anywhere from 24 months up to three, three and a half years to actually go from obtaining planning permission to actually building any more units. It's, it's a long time to try and address that. Uh, 
uh, that supply gap. Uh, so yes, it, it is a, it's a problem down here. There are plenty of very good viable businesses that are either looking to expand and move into bigger premises, and at the moment those premises don't uh, don't exist. Or again, it's the the smaller grassroots flyers, manufacturers, designers, producers that are looking for space. But yeah, even on the small scale, that, that they don't they don't exist, and that's challenge. I think around the country, that's not something that's unique to this this part of the world. And yeah, we are hoping that we can somehow stimulate some more supply space to fulfil you know that gap where there is certainly demand, but the supply is not there yet. So I guess if you're listening to this, Tom, and you're in the southwest of the UK, and you've got an in, you've got a unit or a business premise that you're uh, you know you're looking to uh, find a new tenant for, or maybe get a better deal on, then people ought to be getting in touch with you, I imagine. Uh, absolutely, look, uh, it's, we're here, we're we're open, we're open to business. We're yeah. from the landlord point of view, we're we're keen and hungry. We know there is plenty of demand out there. Uh, so so yeah, anybody landlord of commercial property, whether that is an office. Uh, retail units or indeed you know, industrial units and sheds, uh, yeah, get in touch uh, because, yes, there is, there is demand out there for your product. Great stuff. Now, what's the best way of getting in touch with you, Tom? And I will put your details in the show notes. Uh, well, I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, so Thomas L.A. Smith is my uh, is my, my LinkedIn name, uh, but you'll find me or search Miller Commercial, uh, where you'll also find us as well, uh, or indeed head straight to our website, which is www.com miller-commercial.co.uk and uh, and you'll find all our contact details on there and uh, you'll be pleased to, pleased to help in, in any way we can. Great. Well, I'll put those in the show notes. Now, what I usually do at the end of these podcasts is ask our guests to share a couple of top tips. So what I'm going to ask you to do is if uh, if our listeners are thinking about, you know, negotiating a deal or, or getting a new office or somewhere in the world, then um, they may well come through you. That's great. But if they don't, what sort of questions should they be asking and what sort of things they should they be looking for to make sure they get the best deal from whoever's organising, whichever commercial agent they're dealing with? My first word would probably be to say, well, look, ask questions. And you're saying there, so what questions they should ask you? So I, I'm surprised sometimes by the lack of questions that, that people actually come to us with. And, you know, we have seen a number of situations where, you know, unwittingly, tenants find themselves agreeing to something which they, they maybe thought they, had, they hadn't agreed to. So ask questions. There's plenty of jargon. There's lots of legislation, um, terms like the 1954 Act, or the jargon like FRI leases, which, which get banded around. Make sure you understand what they mean. They're not as scary as they might sound when they're, they're written down on paper. You get someone to explain it to you, whether it's your solicitor or you know, speak, to, speak to us. We will, we're here uh, to, to try and sort of break down these barriers to try and make it a little bit more understandable. Not everybody is a fluent in legal chat or, or property chat. So, yeah, get people to sort of break all that down, speak to us, and, uh, and uh, yeah, make the whole thing more easy to understand. Great stuff. Well, you know, that's a, that's a theme, asking questions, that comes up in this podcast quite a lot. So our listeners will have heard me and my other guests banging on about that. So there we go. It's consistent across all areas of the business. Tom, it's been a fantastic pleasure to have you on the show. I hope our listeners are, you know, have got a lot from that and got a real feel for where the commercial property market is going and encouraging them to, you know, get back into their offices and think about a new office and, and maybe that retail space, which, uh, you know, as you say, is going to be reinvigorated within the those town centres. So thanks very much for coming on the show, Tom. It's been a great pleasure to to listen to you and pick up your top tips and ideas. Trevor, thank you very much. Most enjoyable. Cheers. Well, I hope you found that really interesting, ladies and gentlemen. You know, Tom really knows his stuff in the commercial property world. So, you know, look him up on LinkedIn, you know, communicate with him. And it doesn't matter where in the world you are, you might have a question for him that he will be able to hopefully supply the answer to you and help you 
when you're looking for and thinking about new premises or new office or whatever it might be. Now, got some great guests lined up in the uh, forthcoming shows. And next week, we've got Alex Golfing making a return visit. Now, Alex was on the podcast last year and his, uh, his book last year was called Five Minutes Selling. If you didn't catch that episode, then I would really look it up and find it because I, um, I can tell you the number. I can even tell you the number. Let me just find the number for you. Oh, goodness me, the things I have to do here. Should have got these prepared, shouldn't I? Right, the number for Alex's episode was number 127. Came out August 24th, 2020. So look that one up. Alex talked about five-minute selling. Now, he's got another new book, okay? Alex is a prolific business writer, and this one's all about using the telephone. Remember that? As a business sales tool, it's really come back into its own, particularly in the last 18 months when we've been, you know, emerged into lockdown. So it's a follow-up to Alex's five-minute selling book, really, where he's talking about, in the five-minute selling, he was talking about, you know, contacting your customers before they contact you and that sort of thing. So it's going to be a great episode. It'll be out next Monday, which is the 20th of September. If you're listening to this uh, live, if it's after the 20th of September, well, you know, there it is. It's on catch-up for you, isn't it? (laughs) Uh, I've also got Scott Miller coming on the show as well, uh, very soon as well. So that'll be the following week as well. Scott's a really interesting guy, got some great stuff to share. So there we go. It's all happening on the Better Presentations, More Sales podcast. If you'd like to come on the show, then do get in touch. Come and share your top tips and ideas that will help people like yourself in business get better at presentations, grow your sales, all that sort of stuff. That's what we're interested in with this podcast. And as a reminder, if you do like it, then do share it. Do like it somewhere. And if you want to put a if you want to put a comment in LinkedIn on LinkedIn about it, that would be absolutely fantastic. So see you next week. Thanks for listening. <laughs>